Ahoy there, landlubbers! Whispers in the Sea is an actual play series drawing elements from stories of fantasy horror, political drama, and swashbuckling action and adventure pirate stories. As such, a list of content warnings will always be made available in the description. Our camera fades in on the face of Bryn Thoreau, celestialist priestess and wayseer of the Bois Perdue. The camera slowly zooms out from you as you hover in its direction, down the stairs and into the lower decks of this ship. Your body. A body of splintered wood, bowing masts and torn flags, a semi-spectral form struggling to keep itself together. And though the you we see heading in the direction of Dr. Blau's office is distinctly different from the wood structure around it, you can feel as both of your bodies ache for relief and synchronicity. Your mind is a cacophonous echo chamber of familiar whispering half-voices and bodily sensations made manifest as vague thrumming along the edges of your unquieted thoughts. Bryn, you finally find yourself at the door of the doctor's office. You see Dr. Aleph Blau, the large furry man he is, standing at a thrown-together brewing setup of glass vials and beakers and shoddy iron stands over candles being used as makeshift burners. It's certainly not the most pristine of alchemist labs, but it will make do. Dr. Blau uh, turns to you, uh, kind of sensing your presence at the door, and says, Oh, <clears throat> there you are, Bryn. I got some things together to make this concoction of yours. I hope that this will suffice. Oh, Dr. Blau, I appreciate it greatly. Um, what I particularly think I need things, um, I know something of the sort, like a pestle and mortar is something... Oh, yes, yes, I can get you. And uh, goes over to a little... A table where he keeps a lot of different like tools and uh, and implements and such like that, and brings a uh, stone mortar and pestle. It's not terribly large, probably uh, like a medium sized bowl size of a, a of a mortar, uh, and brings it over and says, "All right," and sets it on the table. Anything else? By any chance, do you think you might have something that could extract the essence of a flower, perchance? Uh, yes, uh, let me, and he goes back over to the table and starts going through it. And the two of you kind of do this song and dance uh, as um, you are uh, instructing him on what tools he will need and then walking him through the process of the actual making of this. It's a process that takes uh, probably a couple of hours, I would imagine, as uh Dr. Blau goes through the mashing of ingredients and the extracting of certain essences and dipping them into different vials of liquid to see how they react and allowing them to boil and simmer and really extract some of the uh, necessary qualities out of these different things. And the two of you uh, wait for a while, um, there is no process that doesn't require a little bit of waiting, but especially uh, that of alchemy, the act of breaking things down to their purest elements and restructuring those things into 
what you are looking for and what you get at the end of this long process is a tincture. Uh, it's probably a long-fingered sized vial of a thick, oily substance. It is a dark liquid, but mixed with uh, some of the blood that came from you, the star liquid. There's still that essence in this vial. The twinkling uh, etherealness of that still in this inky vial. And he gives it to you. And Bryn, you take the vial and, you know, you give your thanks and you leave this room to go and try to focus yourself somewhere else. Where in the ship, your body, do you find the most comfort and silence to be able to enact this ritual? I would think... It most certainly is the crow's nest. Mm-hmm. But I believe before going there, Bryn takes a moment to hover alongside the, the main sail um, and takes two fingers and dips it into this ichor and uses it to draw a large sigil along the main sail mm-hmm. and then retires to her own um, crow's nest. Um, and there as well on the floor of the nest, drawing that same sigil and sitting in the center of it mm-hmm. and ingesting a small amount of that same ichor. As you ingest that ichor, you have, this entire time, you have kind of been enduring the loud, almost deafening sensation of everything, every movement on this ship every breath breathed on this ship, every whisper whispered on this ship, every step taken on this ship is like, it's like your brain is in a microwave multiplied by the voices, your voices, those of your past selves, those of your potential future selves, those of your potential present selves, And as you sit here and begin to focus yourself, your intention inlaid with the sigils you have drawn, focusing that energy, that power, your power, and all at once, it goes black.
sailors, and welcome to another episode of Tales Yet Told, an actual play podcast dedicated to telling weird and fun stories full of imagination, thoughtful characterization, and inclusivity. I am your most humble captain of this crew, uh, king of pirates, and, uh, well, your, your very best friend, Kendrick or Kendo if you prefer. I use they, he pronouns, and with me today is the most lovely adventurer a captain could ask for, Marceline. Yippee! <laughs> I am the most lovely, also the only adventurer here today. Mm-hmm. Um, I am Marceline. I use she, her pronouns. Um, and I play this silly little, little, silly little goofball. You know, oh, silly like, oh, this little, you know, this silly little, this little goofball. You know, just the silliest little goofball. Bryn, Bryn Thoreau, and uh, Bryn uses she/her pronouns, and just for having a little wacky fun time, a little, oh my God, some shenanigans. Who knows what what Bryn will get up to? Who knows? Nothing. Indeed. Nothing good. Nothing, Nothing good. good. Nothing good. Hey, so you're listening to an episode of Whispers in the Sea, a continuation of our pirate campaign that, well, if you're starting here, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? There are 10 other episodes you should probably be listening to. By this point, hey, I know you just listened to, or maybe not just, but like you listened to the uh, the the Avery and Eldorus episode, and we were like, oh, we don't know what order things are going to be in. We know what order things are going to be in now. This is the second one that you're listening to. Yippee! Yeah, but if this is the first episode you've ever listened to of Whispers in the Sea, do not start here. You could. You could. You could. I'm not your parent. I can't tell you what to do, but I'm going to tell you right now. If you care about spoilers, if you care about narrative uh, 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 consistency uh, or like being able to understand what's going on, this ain't the one. If you really care about being inside of Bryn's skull, for you don't know the character at all. Yeah. But if, if for some reason you looked at this character and went, oh, what's, what's, in, that, what's in that character's little brain? What's going on I there? guess. I guess you could start here. What's she but, building but, but, in there? But, but maybe don't. Maybe don't start here. <laughs> maybe don't. But maybe don't. Well, you may notice that things are different because it is just me and Marcy here. Uh, and things are going to be a little bit more different because we aren't playing Rapscallion today. No, no, no. <gasps> today we're playing a different game. A game that has no name. Uh, because, well, we're playing a hack that Marcy and I actually worked on together. Um, it is a hack of the game Buckets of Bolts by Jack Harrison. Uh, you can find it uh, over on their itch at mouseholepress.itch.io forward slash buckets dash of dash bolts. A storytelling game that, well, tells the story of a ship and its time in service to many a different captains. And, well, uh, kind of similar, actually. Does that sound familiar to you? A, 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 a ship that's had a bunch of captains through time? Oh, oh, geez. Oh, heck. You know, heck. if I really if I really get and I turn the gears in my, in my gosh dang Nargan, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I think Bren may have had one or two captains. Maybe quite a few. Maybe quite a few. Maybe quite a few indeed. Now, Buckets of Bolts. It's a good game. 
But one look at it will kind of tell you the one major issue that we had with playing the game. Bucket of Bolts is a sci-fi game. Uh, and, well, mm-hmm. Whispers in the Sea is not sci-fi. It's uh, fantasy pirates. Uh, which is why we uh, made a hack of it. Uh, which uh, really was mostly just us change, like, reflavoring and, like, making new options and stuff that fit more in line with the setting of Keladora. So, yeah, uh, I hope you all enjoy that. I think that this will help us give uh, get more insight onto who Bren is and what she has been through and how she has ended up here in the, uh, in the way that we see her now. Um, and also kind of help Bryn go through uh, some of her memories and uh, get some shit uh, realigned and uh, kind of help her. Yeah, no, I'm really excited. I think that this game is really ripe and perfect for just kind of going through a character, especially like, I mean, especially if you read the Bucket of Bolts rules, um, just like the ships are sentient. It's like the perfect like game to play for this and kind of Bryn's experiences. So I hope you guys are excited for this and I hope that it's a fun little time and you kind of get to see the character a bit more. All right. Well, with that, uh, let's get into it. Send in the waves. Raise anchor. Raise anchor. Raise anchor and let's set sail. So, Marcy. Hi. Let's talk a little bit about how this game that we're about to play works. Um, I will be reading uh, the, like, game concepts and, like, game structure uh, from the book uh, Bucket of Bolts. But, of course, uh, there are some words that I'm going to say that do not matter to us because uh, sci-fi versus what we're doing. So this is a game about ships. Uh We are going to decide how sentient our ship is. We know how sentient our ship is. It's very sentient because Bryn is a person. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But regardless of how sentient our ship is, a ship can't do much on its own. Ships have a captain and a crew. Uh, Under their command, the ship travels across the sea, seeing wondrous places and having grand adventures. As we craft each captain's story, consider how they obtain the ship, what they achieved with it, and how they change it, and how it changes them. Then the next important thing for us is going to be time and rest. Ships usually outlive even the luckiest of captains. Through death, obligation, or retirement, they vacate the helm for the last time, and our stint with them ends. The ship lies still, inert and waiting. It could be moments before the... Not the engines, because there's no engines, but whatever. It can be moments before... (laughs) Before uh, the sails are let loose. Yeah, before the sails are let loose and they languish for whatever. Uh, whatever. Eventually, a new captain will arrive. Traits are characteristics describing a ship. Uh, these can be mechanical systems, battle scars, modifications. They are uh, characteristics describing the ship. We have a list of them that we will be choosing from once we get to character creation. Uh, But the most important thing is that as we play, the ship changes. And each captain modifies the ship to suit their particular preferences, admiring or admonishing those who came before, while the passage of time makes its own mark. 
At various points, we are asked to change something about the ship. This usually means adding or removing or modifying one or more of the following. This could be a trait. This can be a detail about the physical appearance of the ship, a detail about something in our world, or something in response to one of the ship questions. We can also make a change whenever we feel it's appropriate, even without being explicitly prompted. Once we've made those changes, we should reflect them in our notes and drawing as appropriate. So this game is going to take place in three acts uh, that will kind of form our ship story as the game progresses. Each act has its own set of captains and time options to choose from. The way that each of these acts are going to go is that at the start of the act, you will choose a captain. You will resolve the uh, that captain by doing uh, the actions required, which we can get into once we play. Uh, once you resolve a captain, you will resolve a rest. A rest being the time in between the two captains or the time in between one act and another. Uh, as we go through the act, both captains change and the amount of time we are resting in between captains will also change. And these rests will be kind of signified by us actually taking a rest. We will, you and I will sit in silence and uh, sit here, look each other in the eyes and wonder, man, what was Bryn doing during those minutes, hours, days, years, decades, years, or centuries. Uh, a little dance. <laughs> doing a little dance. She was doing a little dance. Yeah, the 100-year the, the dance. The, the little 100-year dance. Yeah, and then once we resolve a rest, you will either choose another captain of the same act or move to another act. Where, yeah, and that's kind of the game loop of this. Uh, because there are three acts and you will choose two captains in each act before moving on to the next one. That means in total, there will be six captains that we will be going through. Meaning not every captain that we have listed will be chosen. Uh-oh. Oh, so yeah, that means you're going to have to, you're going to, have to make some choices. I have to make decisions? You got to make decisions. <laughs> There's not even dice here to roll. No dice, only words. Uh, I don't know why I was doing that voice. That was that was weird. <laughs> that's that's the make a that's the make a decision voice. It's time for you to make a decision, Marceline. Are you ready? Sounds like the Taco Bell drive-through, and it scares me. Hi, welcome to Taco Bell. Can I take your? Okay, we have to play. I this don't know game. what I want. <laughs> <laughs> we have got to play this game. Uh, let's do a little bit of the ship creation here. So the first question here for the ship is, you were crafted by a team of boat builders. Describe them, their design principles, and who commissioned them. And uh, don't forget to uh, take your notes as, uh, as, as we're doing this. I'm not sure how much the listeners know, but there is a little bit of established, a little established juice about where Bryn's origins are from. Bryn is from Belnui, um, and the people that built the ship are from Belnui. They are celestialists. They are people who believe in one's guidance from the stars, um, who believe that they share a special link between the stars, the celestials, and the pieces of gods that exist on Earth that we call meteorites. These celestialists use driftwood trees, which are mm-hmm. trees that grow in Belnui. Um, in soil that is ripe with meteorite dust. Um, And so they build these ships from this special wood and they imbue both um, a a way seer or a priestess 
um, with a meteorite inside of themselves and tether that to the vessel, um, giving them a special link to one another, but also to the celestials and the meteorites and the universe itself. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's super cool. Awesome. Our second thing here is you will add three traits that describe you, the ship, and then draw it by sketching out the layout of rooms in its silhouette. You don't have to draw it out right now if you would not, uh, if because that is going to you know take time and so on. But you can choose uh, three traits uh, that we have listed right here below. Uh, the list of them is armed, gallant, tall, stately, swift, nimble, resilient, hulking, infamous, frail, leaky, luxurious, hunted, sleek, menacing, pristine, nondescript, filthy, creaky, adaptable, utilitarian, sluggish, magical, roomy, snug, ghastly, charming, legendary, renowned, crumbling, decaying, sturdy. Almost got into a little Pokemon rap there uh, when I said <laughs> ghastly. <laughs> um, this ship begins its story menacingly. Menacing. Ooh, what about it is menacing? I think that the ship's nature mm -hmm. and the one who occupies it is something that scares people. People in the world see this link between um between between wood and and bone and it frightens them. Yeah. Now that makes sense. Okay. So menacing is your first trait. What are the other two? I think Frail. Mm, okay, okay. Um, not only describing the ship, but Bryn herself. Yeah. Um, the ship is new. The ship is, you know, the ship is, it has just recently been built. It's, you know, state craftsmanship has been used, and it's, it's a wonderful vessel, but Bryn doesn't really know how all this works and doesn't understand herself yet. Mm -hmm. Um. And the ship reflects that. Okay. So we have menacing and frail. One more. I think it's adaptable. Mm, okay. In what way? And that this ship is willing to fit the needs of many people. Mm. People who, you know, whether you're a merchant or a privateer. Yeah. Whether you're a peasant or a noble. Mm -hmm. This ship has something it can provide to you. And you can find a use for it. Yeah, that makes sense. I like that a lot. Cool. So now that we have chosen those three traits, you'll give your ship a name. The name it calls itself. Well, I mean, what other name is there than Bren? All right. Well, now that we know who our ship is, it is time for us to get into play. Let's take a breath. Because for the rest of the game... You will inhabit your ship and perceive the world through its cold, spectral senses. When questions in this game refer to you, they mean your ship and its unique perspective. This ship is your character for the rest of the game. After completing the instructions and preparing to play, we will empty our hands, close our eyes, and take a moment to breathe. All right, Bryn, choose your first captain. Oh, that's a big, that's a big choice, huh? Yeah, got a few choices here. Who do you think 
makes the most sense here for um, Bryn to have either encountered or have been introduced to post, you know, or I guess this doesn't even necessarily need to be your first captain. It is the captain that yeah. we are starting with. No, it makes sense. Bryn opens her eyes from the darkness and finds herself on that same vessel. But this time, there's no sky, no ocean, no people on the vessel, except for herself. She is adrift inside the expanse of space, and brilliant colors and galaxies swirl around. Um, and as she looks to the deck, there are hundreds of people, uh, a ghastly sort, um, ethereal uh, a light teal, some talking to one another, some passing through each other. And in various places, there's another person, quite a few, each of them a fuchsia, a bright fuchsia. And upon inspection, the silhouette, the way they move, it's Bryn. And Bryn moves towards one of them uh, by the helm. And upon doing that, many of the faces, almost all of them fade, and one is left. And it's a pampered noble sitting at the wheel. They are disgustingly wealthy, loud, and inconsiderate. They wear their wealth. They are flaunt with glint and glamour uh, in, their, in their outfits. They're frivolous. They aren't meant for someone who's at sea. Um, but so rather someone who believes they belong at sea and who believes they can command the ocean. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of getting the, uh, God, I haven't watched enough of this, but I'm getting very big. Uh, Steve Bonnet? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. I couldn't remember. I couldn't, our flag means death. There we go. Holy shit. I couldn't remember the name of it. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm getting big Steve Bonnet vibes from that. I like that a lot. Okay, how do you think? Uh, how do you think that uh, this noble has gotten their hands on Bryn? They brought it out right. They commissioned the Celestials for this ship. Oh, interesting. Okay, okay, that's really interesting. Okay, this is something that their father had bought for them. Mm, okay. A vessel that does the work for you. What better a gift for a spoiled brat? Did the Celestialist care about the intent of this? No. No. They just, they were like, we, we want these ships to exist because they do serve a purpose outside of, yeah. And it will outlive the whatever this is and will have a better future. I think... There's contention with any commission of their ships or any sort of creation. Mm -hmm. um, it's a big event. Um, it's a massive deal. But I think regardless, they all know that creating these vessels and bestowing this connection to their priestesses is more important. Mm -hmm. And that it is almost like a fleeting plea um, they know that if they don't have a usefulness to other people, 
then people won't allow them to exist. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So does that mean that Bryn specifically went through the ritual process just so that the shitty rich kid could have a boat? Yeah. That sucks. I mean, of course, of her own volition and, like, understanding that, like, you know, you will outlive this kid and everyone else and be able to, you know, do, like, follow your your path. But, God, that sucks. Knowing what she had to give up to, to do that. God, okay. Uh, so, I guess, yeah, that leads us into the questions. Um, describe the manner in which this pampered noble decorated you. Bryn follows the path of the fuchsia eminence of herself. And as she does, she watches as several other beings of teal, um, these translucent individuals, move about the vessel, tearing down the old sails, replacing them with sails that glint and sparkle. The sigils on the ship that were once painted by the Celestialists are then covered with um, gilded paint. Um, But most importantly, all along the ship are these peculiar magical mirror boxes. And these mirror boxes adorn banister to banister, the crow's nests among the, the yard arms in the lower decks. All of them burning with bright colored light at all hours of the day. Mm-hmm. So much so that at night, it's hard to see the sky. A dazzling vessel, but as it shines brighter than the stars. Oh, that's really good. That's really good. So I guess with, the, with that out of the way, leading us into the next question, what did you have to sacrifice to accommodate their lifestyle? Bryn had to sacrifice her integrity. Mm. Bryn follows that same fuchsia trail into the captain's quarters. And inside, just as much opulence, just as much glint, a sitting room that doesn't belong on a ship, but rather in a mansion on a seaside. And in it, several other beings of Teal conversate. One of them, the captain, telling stories about all these magical baubles and trinkets that exist on his shelves and how he procured them all, how these were all his collection and how he had mastered magecraft and how he could open and close the sails himself. But it was Bryn. All the magic items he would defer to Bryn while his guests would oogle at them and Bryn would lie. They were nothing, but the, the image was more important. With those two questions answered, we will now choose an event that has happened, or I say we, you, will be choosing an event that takes place during this captain's tenure as, well, your captain. Uh, there are two tables to choose from. There is uh, Sea and Sword, those events of breathtaking adventure, unbridled passion, and daring swashbuckling, or uh, ashes and blood, the events of dire circumstances, sudden betrayal, and forgotten names. 
also, uh, if you would like, you can choose which of these, uh, uh, w which of these tables you would like to choose from, and then roll a d6 because there are six choices here uh, for each of these things. So that can, uh, if you just want to randomize it, that is a choice. I think I know an event happens, and I'm going to choose from the table Sea and Sword, breathtaking adventure, unbridled passion, and daring swashbuckling. <laughs> and the event that happens is. Your captain recovered an ancient treasure from a lost civilization that existed before the world flood. Okay. Well, and what fantastical place was it found? I want to see Espinora. Interesting. Okay. 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 Uh, where in Espinora? Like, it, like, describe what the place looked like, I guess. Um, I guess this is something we have to work on together because I'm not familiar about pre-flood Espinora. God. Uh... <laughs> I mean, I guess, do you have an idea of what this treasure is that you're looking for? Or did you just choose this because this makes sense? I think that he found something pertaining to one of the dragon lords. Okay, that is very, very convenient because that is what we are doing currently. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think that this captain, um, what did he find? Did he find it? <laughs> This pampered oh. ass noble found this? Kendo. Yeah? Of course he found it. He can control the sails, can he? Okay, fair, fair, fair. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, the second part is how did the captain discover its location? Bren. Bren, Bren. Felt, felt the call. Felt the call. Okay, very interesting. Okay. God, I'm trying to figure, I mean, we don't have to answer this question because it is not one of the questions. We can just leave it as found an ancient uh, uh, treasure connected to a dragon lord uh, from before the world flood. Uh, we haven't talked about, it. is your captain Espinoran or is your captain? Oh, he's Marbellion. Marbellion? Okay, cool, cool, cool. I, that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. I think there was once a group of celestialists who adorned a dragon with a celestial blessing. Interesting. Okay. I think that, you can correct me if I'm wrong, the captain found a dragon's eye that had been turned to meteorite, and that is the orb that sits at the helm of the ship. That's cool. I like that. I does it work? No, no, no. It does. No, no, no. I think that's cool. I like that. I like that as the thing that, you know, we already know exists on the ship. I'm fascinated as as to how that happened. Uh, that happening being how he got it. Um, we don't have to answer it. And I would actually rather not sit here and, and debate on how yeah. that happened because that's so hella illegal. Uh, he's still he's still a holy relic from Espinora, and that's just on the ship. That's fucking wild. I love that. Uh, <laughs> it is also a thing you all might be doing again, which is wild. Uh, that's so fucking funny. Um, okay, that's cool. I yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Okay, yeah yeah yeah. No no no, for sure for sure for sure. Okay, cool. Uh, write that in the notes. <laughs> That there's a, a a petrified dragon's eye that is now uh, a meteorite, a meteorite dragon eye that is still on the ship. I think it's like, I, the way I see it is he's a celestialist um, 
like blessed this dragon and held and like transformed its eyes, like encased it and transmuted it into meteorite and gave it the sight of like the celestialists and, and connected it to the celestials. Okay. 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 And that's okay. something that is that something that interests you at all? I think that's interesting. Yeah. Cool. Is that is that we're the end? Uh. Yep. <laughs> end of game. Thanks, everybody. No. <laughs> <laughs> so now that you have chosen uh, one of the uh, events, and and we have answered the question for that event, uh, now you can change something as you become more renowned, decorated, and iconic. And I think you you just described what that change is. Uh, your helm is replaced with a, a dragon eye. Someone puts a, 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 a meteorite dragon eye into the helm. Probably commissions a whole new uh, wheel just to be built around this thing and like have, like get a socket to put this thing in. Oh, no, of course. Oh, my God, this is so wild. Okay, uh, <laughs> that's so cool. Um, okay, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, so optionally, you can answer one of the ship questions to kind of talk about, you know, uh, what has changed and, and even answer some more questions about Bryn. Yeah. So um, you got that list there. I'm looking. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I can answer one of them. Yes. You also don't have to if none of them feel good for this specific moment. I'm going to wait on it. I think I'm going to, next time around, I think I got one. Okay. Sounds good. So, uh, then that means Captain ends their time with the ship. Consider how it is that uh, they lose it. Uh, Or do they lose it? Or do they relinquish it? Or does something else happen? Mm. How does this noble come to part with Bryn? I think what happens is the noble starts to grow a bit older as I believe like, you know, 10, 15 years may have passed. And through those years, you know, all that time, this captain had touted themselves as someone who dealt in the arcane, that they had mastery over this ship. Mm -hmm. And I think that Bryn kept trying to teach him, kept trying to show him what it meant the things that he said he talked about kept trying to show him. And I think that there was a particular moment where Bryn, like some of the other members of our ship we've already seen, Bryn has a deep connection spiritually with this captain. Mm-hmm. And he gets a glimpse of what the arcane noy looks like. Mm-hmm. And he's scared. Ooh. Yeah, that makes sense. And he leaves. He just leaves. He sells the vessel, retires. All right. So, moving from there into time, how long do you think it is before Bryn has a new captain? No time at all? Does he just sell it immediately to the next person? And that person's your captain? Is it minutes? As in, I guess he sells it and then someone else comes in and is like, hey, I like that ship. Could it be hours, a day, a week, or a month? I think what happens is after this moment the captain has with Bryn, they stop in port and they sit there. A day goes by, the captain doesn't set foot on the ship. He sits there in his lavish inn, looking out over the port, and something starts eating at him on the inside. It's fear. Another day goes by, 
Another day goes by. He hasn't left his room. He's closed his blinds. He doesn't dare to look at the ship. And by the end of the week, he's gone down to the, to the, the, you know, the tavern, the docks, trying to find anyone who needs a vessel. And within a week, he's rid of the ship. He's rid of Bren. Okay. And so with that, we'll rest. Time to pick your second captain for Act One. Who buys the ship? Bryn sits there, remembering that feeling. The feeling of, what did I do wrong? Did I not try hard enough? Did I not earn them enough fame? Was I not flashy enough for them? And a cold wind blows across the deck, and all of the... The crewmate she once knew, all the men of Teal, vanish, and she's alone. And on the ship walks a lone, old, sodden man. It's an obsolescent hunter. He's stubborn, traditional, no longer needed. And behind him, a crew of hunters. Okay. Describe him a little bit. What does he hunt? How does that color the way he dresses himself, presents himself. He was a hunter during the Age of Monsters, no? Um, yeah, the Age of Monsters probably, like, from this point, like, 70 to 80 years ago. So, like, this dude's old. Uh, well over 100 for sure, especially if he was hunting monsters back in his, uh, his, his, his glory days. I think he's old, mm-hmm. but I don't think you see it. This is a person who has somehow been preserved for longer than they should have and, and in, a, in a good condition. This person, if you told them their age, you wouldn't assume they'd be on the boat, but without question, Bryn doesn't think twice. They seem spry to some degree. They seem capable. Mm-hmm. Um, the crew is clad in this these armors and leathers of varying spikes and sizes. And it looked like they were once, you know, these beautiful, vibrant colors, but they're faded. Mm-hmm. They, their bodies are marred and covered in scars and, and, and hunks of them are missing. Some of them missing entire limbs, mm-hmm. but they are solemn, gruff, a serious people. Mm-hmm. Um, the captain gives very intense speeches. They believe that there's still beasts out there in the waters to hunt. Mm-hmm. They don't believe everyone that all the beasts have gone. He swears he's seen them. He knows they're there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and once, you know, all it takes 
is a good hunt to get their name back on back on the plates. Yeah. Describe their views on the world and how they shaped your views on the past and what that was like. These people spoke about the world during the Age of Monsters as this time of excitement and freedom, as a place of wonder and adventure, a place of, of victories and brotherhoods and of the, the indomitable human spirit. They spoke about how a beast in the water could bring a man of any nation together. And they spoke of how the world has become fractured since. Mm -hmm. And they speak of the time now as a splintering point. They mutter amongst one another about how people aren't the way they used to be. And that there is a fragmentation happening, right? And people are no longer treating each other the way they should. And I think Bryn believes that the past was more optimistic. I think that Bryn believes that the past was better to a degree. Mm -hmm. um, but in the same light, I think Bryn also believes that people can return that way. Knowing that, or being told that there was once a time where all people would fight together, mm -hmm. Bryn thinks that that can happen again. And the way these people talk kind of encourages that. Yeah. What about their beliefs or behavior? Did they refuse to change for anyone? Bryn recalls a time and sees the ship and the people on it move as Bryn is at the bow and the captain alongside her. Everyone is shouting and yelling and the, the crew is, is full of, of, of cheers and roars. Um, as Bryn is using her amplified connection from this from the stone that's been added to the ship to seek out and and feel the pulse and the whisper of things in the sea. Um, they've spent a day tracking this 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 whisper, this feeling they've had, and they're getting closer. And Bryn can feel it closing in. And when they get there, Bryn can feel it so closely, and all the all the all the teal men on the side of the ship they 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 tether themselves to the mast, and you watch as as dozens of men with with um you know harpoons in hand fling themselves off the side of the ship. Um, underneath it is nothing, maybe some bone in the water, a skeleton of something that once was, but isn't there anymore. The belief they refuse to change is that you fail because you don't try enough. Failure is a product of your own inadequacies and your refusal to put in effort. That's really good. Moving back on down to our captain questions. Choose from sea and sword and ashes and blood. I would say don't choose ones that you've already chosen, obviously. I'm choosing Ashes and Blood. Okay. And I am going to say you were ambushed and the crew suffered many casualties as a result. Mm -hmm. How many did you lose? 
the question is how many stayed alive. I think of a crew of 24 men, I think seven of them left. These hunters weren't wrong. The age of monsters was over, but some still lurked in the waters. Bryn wasn't keen enough. He couldn't sense this one. The captain relied on her. Yeah, they're hunters, but it was her job. The survivors mourned their loss. I think something that's strong believed in the hunter's culture is that the hunt doesn't end in death. Um, and that if a beast is to take the lives of your crew, then you are sworn to take that beast's life. And I think they use the bodies of their deceased crew member to chum the waters and to bring the beast back. Jesus. And they continue the hunt. God damn. <laughs> All right. Well, you've chosen one of the prompts from below and answered its question. Change something about you as you become battered, scarred, or vengeful. This can be changing a trait. This could be just noting that something about the physical ship has changed. Yeah, any, anything that feels appropriate. Can I do the change alongside the ship question? Uh, yeah. I don't see why not. I think a change that happened in the ship is that at the twilight hour, if you listen closely and you know what you're listening for, sometimes on the deck of the ship, you can hear the singing and chanting of the work songs of the same hunters. Okay. I like that a lot. That's really good. I'm definitely not going to use that at any point. <laughs> <laughs> and a ship question. Every ship has a voice. If you listen closely, what does it sound like? This is separate from, obviously, our, our remembrance. <laughs> Bryn has been changed. Bryn has understood her failings. And now, more than ever, Bryn heard whispers, and Bryn heard those speaking to her. But now there's a new voice that's more often there telling her of her inadequacies, of how she could have done better, reminding her of her failures. Mm. Well, damn. Okay, well, it's time for your captain to leave. So how do you think this hunter uh, loses possession of Bryn? In the final fight against this beast... He sustained wounds that weren't fatal, but on the journey back to port, his condition worsened, all the while blaming Bryn for this. It's your fault my men are gone. They'd be here enjoying this victory if it weren't for you. You're supposed to be something special. You're supposed to be perfect. And now look at how many you've killed. And they get to port. And he's brought on shore. And everyone in the dock celebrates this victory of this captain. And while he's standing on the docks, he collapses and dies. Whew. All right. 
knowing that, how long do you think it is before Bryn has a new captain? Um, are we using the same chart still? Yep, it's still the same chart for Act 1. So either no time at all, minutes, hours, a day, a week, or a month. I think it's no time at all. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, well... We do not rest, and we move on to you choosing a new captain, which is not of Act 1, because you've already chosen two captains from this act. It's time for us to move to Act 2. So, who is the next captain who immediately... Well, you see, this was an old sailor, an old hunter, and the moment he died, possession was transferred to his son. His son grew up being someone who heard everything that this man had to say about what the world used to be and what it could be. And as Bryn stands alongside this captain who's collapsed on the dock, she looks up. The dock is empty and one man stands there staring at her, his eyes immovable. He's a military revolutionary, our next captain. Uh He's clad in... These aggressive spikes from the beast his father has slain. While the hunter had these old leathers and practical clothing, this this person had taken the claws and the teeth from these beasts and created an image of aggression, of fear. And he wore it with pride. Mm-hmm. Well, for this militant revolutionary, describe their devoted followers, if there are any, and what is it that they are fighting for? I think that the obsolescent hunter came from Ziegenland. Interesting. Okay, yeah. And so I think that these are our people from Ziegenland. With them being Ziegenland. um, Yeah. What would a, re- a revolutionary Zegan be? Is there to be revolutionary over? Things are mostly good. Um, could it be someone who doesn't particularly like the form of governance uh, that uh, uh, is true of Zeganland. Uh, it is a, uh, for the most part, uh, the vast majority of Zeganland is ruled by... Uh, Um, the many uh, clans that call it home, um, each of them having, you know, various alliances with uh, major clans who could actually control most of the land uh, of Ziegenland. Though it is also a monarchy in some ways, there is a king of Ziegenland, uh, or there is a, uh, there's a crown of Ziegenland. The crown, however, is... Uh, decided on uh, by contest. Um, And uh, once, you know, one king dies or gives up their throne, a new contest is thrown uh, where anybody of any station from any country can participate. And whoever wins is the next king of of Ziegenland or queen or whatever. It's not gendered in that way. Literally anybody can run uh, to be the next monarch. Um, Though the monarch's powers are limited to calling states of emergency where all of the clans are by law 
required to give their aid to um, the Zegan crown, uh, donating troops and resources and materials and weapons in order to wage war against who the king sees as a mutual enemy of everyone mm. of Ziegenland, which in most cases has been used to defend the country from Espinoran invasion. What does the contest look like? The contest is a, uh, is a set of challenges uh, ranging from physical to mental to social. Uh, there are, you know, races. There are debates. There are... Almost like a, um, a contest of skill in the same way of like an archery contest and uh, like a feats of strength and so on and so forth. All of which I think like, you know, as people get knocked off at each challenge, I, I think that the last one is probably um, kind of like a, a challenge of great works. You decide on a task that you're going to do that you think is worthy of a person who would call themselves the next monarch of Ziegenland. Be that, you know, dedicating yourself to feeding an entire village that is having, like, you know, a drought or something and finding a way to feed them. It could be uh, slaying a, a legendary monster or something uh, of Ziegenland. It could be uh, discovering uh, a, a great pre-flood, you know, ruin and bringing back an artifact. I, it could be, I, think, I think I know what this is. Okay. I think that this revolutionary seeks to challenge the throne in that mm. the great work was the slaying of this monster in an age where they didn't exist. And I think that something that his ideas seek to bring out is he believes that Espinora can be Espinora can be reasoned with not through diplomacy and not through, you know, um, uh, talks at a table and trade offers, but rather through the breaking of ground and the calloused hands of working people side by side. Um, he believes that, like, Ziegenlanders and Espinorans have to work in, like, labor amongst one another in order to have peace. Okay. Really interesting. Okay, so is his ship, like, a mixture of, like, Espinoran and Zegan sailors? That yeah. is interesting. Okay, 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 cool. So this is someone who is trying to vie for the crown. I, I don't even know if at this point in time the crown is, like, available, right? Yeah. I think there might be there might be a monarch, but th this is a person who's like, fuck that. I We killed a fucking sea monster. That's worth being the king for. Why are we waiting? Why do we have to wait for one person to die? If it's whoever is the greatest should be the king, it should be whenever that happens. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. I like that. Okay, cool. I like, and like the, the king should constantly have to prove their worthiness. It is not a single act, but it is a a lifetime of greatness that earns Ooh, you a seat. Yeah, I like that a lot. Okay, cool. Cool, 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 cool. So the next question here then is, what rule of theirs did you find the most restrictive? No magic. No magic. No magic? Oh, fuck. That sucks. Okay, okay, okay. That furthers people from one another. Mm. It is through the, the sweat and blood of hard work and hard labor 
that truly brings people together. You seek to destroy humanity if you want to take away the toil of existence. Um, Damn. The only voices you should hear are the singing and chanting of those alongside you. Yeah, this dude sucks. (laughs) This dude sucks so hard. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he believes to a degree that Bryn is the reason why his father died. Oh, for sure. For sure. Bryn was a lunatic that called the beast to murder him. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Okay. And so as Bryn sits there on the dock and locks eyes with this man, she knows he's been on the ship. He's worked alongside her. She knows what's coming. And her heart sinks because he's been saying this for months. He's been telling her to stop. Stop communing with these voices. Stop showing us the stars. You're only damaging us as a people. And maybe he's right. Choose an event from either sea and sword or ashes and blood. Ashes and blood. You found yourself under attack and your captain abandoned you. Okay. Who was attacking you and why? Ankos, the Espinoran, and, and Zegan Lind. I think, funnily enough, I think he was killed by both Espinoran and Zegan Lind uh, naval forces. Interesting. And, I, okay. and an ironic twist, you know, he was, he was felled. Um, I think he was caught in Espinoran waters. And in an island that is bordering both Ziegenland and Espinora, the respective militaries met and he was decapitated. Okay. What were the captain's last words to you? His words to Bren were, you are a lunatic whose magic is nothing but smoke and mirrors. Your delusions will bring ruin to those you love the rest of your existence okay so we know how they lost it um, <laughs> so with that we have to decide or you have to decide how long until your next captain a day a week a month a year a decade or decades i think this is a decade okay um for a decade Bryn watches as, once again, the ship is absent of life and people as it's sitting inside of an enclosed vault, I'd say. Um, it, is a, it is a dock in Espinora where condemned vessels are kept after they are commandeered. It is enclosed and kept under guard by the Espinoran military. And Bryn sits here alone for a decade. Okay. And with that, we rest.
Okay. Ren, please choose one from uh, one of the two timetables. Songs and Sorrows or Rot and Polish? Songs and Sorrows. Some adventurous children hop upon you and spend the day playing on the deck. If you don't mind, I can describe for these questions. Yeah, go for it. Bryn is in that darkness of that dock that's enclosed and kept eerily quiet. Uh, you hear the faint hitting of waves against the walls that separate you from the world and maybe the pecking of goals on the, on the dome. But one night, pitter-pattering of feet across the deck, Bryn sees is two of these teal children move across and she sees and watches them for a while as they oogle at the trinkets and the, the, the glint and the, <laughs> the relics upon the vessel with splendor and joy, excited about all the magic that's here. They remind Bryn of herself, of when she was a child learning about the magic that exists in this world and how excited she was to be a part of it and to spread that to other people around her. And she peeks around from the captain's quarters and walks towards the children quietly. Oh, hello there. Oh, don't be afraid. And she conjures some small glints and stars and illuminations in her hands and streaks of teal and fuchsia around the boat and the children are, are dancing and cheering and the, the dome becomes a, a bright starry night and the, the planets and the stars have never seemed so clear and it starts to get louder and a booming voice from inside the dome seems to take over everything and great maws open up in that sky and begin to yell and gnash their teeth. And the ship begins to quake and the sky itself seems to fracture and fall and the children run and scream, yelling monster, leaving Bryn alone again. And how will they describe you to their children years from now? A monster. Okay. Well, Bryn, after a decade, who is your next captain? I think that similarly, in another mundane moment, all of the time kind of meshing together, Bryn on the boat alone, hears booms getting closer, yells and more booms and screams and cheers as swaths of mismatched individuals clamber onto her deck. One above them all, seems to stand out. It's their captain, a pirate captain. She is covered in frills and flocks, and they're not well-maintained, but they emanate this sort of character, um, someone who's larger than life. On either side of her hip is a cutlass, and on her back is this massive tome. Her hair spills out of her hat, it is a glowing, fiery red and orange. She raises her hand and from it emits fire that bursts a hole through the dome, emanating light 
into Bryn's world for the first time in a decade. Okay. Well, with this reckless pirate, describe how they choose their targets and what treasures they hope to find. This is a pirate who values magic. And so they targeted vessels who carried knowledge, vessels who carried tomes of the arcane. Um, I think as Bryn sailed with them, you know, she learned about all different types of magic um, from their plunders and understood, like, the inner workings of them. Okay, okay. How did they make you feel cherished as a member of their family? I think Bryn felt at home because this was the first time she's been around anyone else who knew magic. Bryn felt cherished because she felt like she was around people who understood, who lived the same life as her. These were people, these are people who were mages, just like her. They experienced the same things as her, and they understood. But Bryn isn't just magic. As she got more comfortable with these people, and I'd say over the course of maybe 10 years, maybe five, 10 years, got closer and closer and started to open up about her own magic and the vision she had and the voices she heard and the things she believed. And oh, that's not magic. No, that's not how you do magic. That's wrong. You aren't doing it right. There's something wrong with you. You're deluded. That's not true magic. Don't you see these tomes we've piled up in the hold? They tell you how to do magic, and you're not doing it right. So, here we go. Choosing another, another thing from Sea and Sword or Ashes and Blood. With permission from your captain, you acted as a hiding place for someone who was being hunted. Who were they running from, and why did their presence bring you comfort? I think this person was a Belenutian. Okay, okay, that would make sense. I think they were running from Belnui because they had scammed or conned several small towns of people in Belnui. And they have kind of created a name for themselves as someone who was untrustworthy and a charlatan. Mm -hmm. I will say, uh, at this point in time, uh, the free islands of Bella Nui are, quite sadly, not the free islands of Bella Nui. They are the Holy Marvellian Empire. Just as a note, that, not, that doesn't change anything about what you said. I just wanted to, as a fun thing. I think they are, I think they are a Marvellian child. Okay. Who's someone who, whose parents were Marvellian, mm -hmm. but they were born in Bella Nui. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gross. But yeah, 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 for yeah, sure. Yeah, Gotcha. I like that. It brings Bryn comfort because it's one of the few people who knows about this culture mm -hmm. and knows about Belle Nui and mm -hmm. knows about home um, and tells stories about home. Yeah. Okay. Well, the captain currently, your pirate captain, uh, is going to lose, uh, lose the ship. 
How do they do so? Is it they give it over? Do they lose it somehow? Someone force them? What's the deal? I think the Bellinusian convinces Bren to stage a mutiny. Mm-hmm. A one-person mutiny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, 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 no. That wasn't me saying that it can't happen. That was me saying that. That was me acknowledging that it could happen because you control the ship. I think that this this person who's found themselves in this vessel, they crave the control. And so they see how they talk to Bryn, and they know they know what Bryn can do. And so they feed into Bryn. Mm-hmm. These people have it all wrong, Bryn. You're incredible. You have power they couldn't understand, that they wish they have. They talk to you that way because they wish they could have the power you have. Don't you understand? They, they need all these books to have a fraction of what you have. And we, we can sail together. We don't need them. Okay, makes sense. As a small note, all I could think about was Invincible when you said that. <laughs> do you Wait, see what? what? The, there's a. Do you see what they need? You need to get a fraction of our power. <laughs> <laughs> God, so good. Okay, all right. Well, how long is it before Bryn has a new captain? A day, a week, a month, a year, a decade, or decades? Post mutiny, of course. I think a year. A year, okay. Well, with that, we're gonna rest. So, Bryn, been a year. Uh, you're going to choose one from uh, the two uh, tables of time. 
mm-hmm. that being uh, Songs and Sorrows and Rot and Polish. I think Pot and Polish, you make it to port where you can be finally repaired. The first time in quite a while. What do you give up to trade in order to pay for the repairs? I think it's just Bryn and this other person on the ship now. There's no maintenance happening. Bryn doesn't know the first thing about taking care of herself. And they're out in the sea and they're being bashed around for the first time without a real captain. Bryn is a child. Bryn hasn't been given the chance to take the reins of their own lives. And so the ship is in disrepair. All of the spoils that these captains have left aboard this vessel are sold to try and maintain whatever's left. Okay. Uh, Make a change to represent that as you decay, break apart, or rebuild. You have those traits that you can change, obviously. Uh, Mm -hmm. You can just, like, state a a thing. I mean, there is a clear, like, oh, all of the fancy stuff is now gone. But, you know, um, Mm -hmm. if you want something that's a bit more material... I think that as Bryn is going through and they're selling these items to try and repair this vessel, they realize some of the tomes, some of the important ones that were kept in the captain's quarters, they're not there. Your last captain hid a treasure that they're not able to retrieve. What is it and who wants it? I think the last captain before Bryn took the mutiny had books that had information and knowledge pertaining to the Driftwood Cathedral and to the Celestials. And they've been stashed somewhere in Caladera. Do you know where you would have gotten these repairs? Um, I think in, I think in Belle Oh shit, you made it all the way back to Belle Okay. I think they went back to Belle and there were some Celestials who were in ports that were more accessible that were able to work with this ship and knew how to repair it Mm -hmm. and knew how to take care of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I think I know where those books are. So that was uh, both your question. And then did you change anything about yourself and traits? Oh, yeah. Sorry, that was the ship question. And then the traits? Um... I think that the ship is no longer adaptable. It is now magical. Mm, interesting. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm, I think it's no longer menacing. It's now magical. Okay. It still is adaptable, frail, and now magical. Thumbs up. So, you've made your changes. You've answered your questions. It's time, I guess, for you to choose your fifth captain. Hmm, I wonder who that would be. And they're from Act 3. Act 3. A desperate deserter. They're parasitic, frantic, unctuous. Um, it's, we've already met this captain. Yes. They've been aboard this whole time. Mm-hmm. They've been running away, and I guess we know why they left, right? They were uh, scamming people. <laughs> and I guess my question is, why did you keep forgiving them every time they broke their word or promise to you. This was the first person that wasn't afraid of Bryn. That when Bryn talked about the voices she heard, when Bryn talked about her visions and the things she believed, 
this person wasn't afraid. Mm-hmm. It was the first time Bryn felt like someone loved her, felt like someone cared. Oh. Well then, choose, uh, choose an event from the captain tables. Oh, I hate my brain. Your captain fell in love with someone they shouldn't have. Uh-huh. <laughs> who do they work for? Now, I guess who is this person? And then that will also answer who do they work for. Well, they work for themselves, you see. Mm-hmm. They answered to no man, only the highest dollar. They worked for coin. Mm-hmm. They fell in love with a bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. Why was their relationship destined to fail? I think, yeah, they had a bounty on their head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. That feels like, pretty right? straightforward to me. Right? I think that, yeah, I mean, this kind of moves and segues into this, right? The, the captain leaves because they hand the ship over to the bounty hunter. But, I mean, then we go to our timetable, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Um, hold, on, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's. Sorry, 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 sorry. I'm getting a little excited. I get a little jumpy. You answer the event from the event table. Okay, we did that. You want to answer a ship question? I don't think so. Okay. So, Captain ends time with the ship. How do you suppose that one happens? I think for a year, Bryn watches from the shadows of the ship as. This person who inhabited their vessel with them alone falls in love with this bounty hunter. And they have to sit there as they watch as this person completely disregards them in their life. Bryn is only a tool now. A weapon. Something to be used. Oh, you were looking for the time in between. Okay, well, to explain. The years that are leading up to that for how your captain ends time with the ship can be any amount of time. Because the time that we are talking about next is in between your captains, in between one captain oh, and Oh, okay, next. yeah. So you can say any amount of time for that. I think, like, for five years, like maybe four, four years of watching this, for some reason this charlatan knows where a lot of wanted criminals are hiding, knows where a lot of these people... Um, are camped out and then sells them out for a coin. But at the end of the day, when he has no one for information, disposed of and sold for a coin. Rest in peace, that guy. I mean, not necessarily killed. Could have been, you know. Yeah, no, 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 for sure. But rest that in peace, that sucks. guy. <laughs> rest in peace. Nah, fuck that dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, cool. Now we are moving... To time, how much time in between him and your next and final captain for this particular game? I think a month. Okay. Such as that after turning in the bounties and stuff, the, the bounty hunter and, and their crew take time to rest. And they leave Brennan Port. Actually, maybe a year. A year? Yeah. Like a year. A year they take a break for a year. Okay. Yeah. All right. With that in mind, we rest.
Okay, Bryn. After a, about a year, choose something from our two timetables. I want to choose Rotten Polish. You can hear the squeaking of pests somewhere inside of you, but you can't find the source. Why are they so hard to find? What are these pes pesky creatures? These are hard to find because of the type of creatures and pests that live inside of you. They are pain, hurt, memories we try to block out. We try to forget anger, sorrow. All of these things sit inside Bryn and they tear her apart. Every day in that port, there is a gnawing, a squeaking, a chittering inside of her. And it's all of the things that she has done, all the things that she has failed to do, all the things that she will never be able to be in the person that everyone tells her she is. Okay. Make one change about the ship as you decay, break apart, or rebuild. A change that is made is that Bryn goes from being magical, adaptable, and frail to being magical, adaptable, and armed. Ooh, that's fun. <laughs> so, Bryn, choose your final captain. Bryn sits in this port alone, the waves rocking her, eating herself alive, and the boots of that very same bounty hunter grace the deck. The crew saunters on, filling the ship. This captain, they seem a plain, a plain folk. You couldn't pick them out of a crowd, but they could pick you out of a crowd. From a distance, you would assume they're a peasant or maybe some shopkeeper of some kind. But underneath that facade is someone who is keen, who is willing to, willing to bend rules to get their mark, but inspires... How do I want to use the word whimsical here? Could just be in the way that they talk, a very uh, kind of... Uh, when I think of like a whimsical bounty hunter, I think of that one dude from uh, Django Unchained who's like, has like a dentist cart uh, that, he, that, that he rides around in. I think that they're whimsical in the sense that they indulge Bryn in her beliefs. And they mask the ship as an astronomy vessel. Mm -hmm. Charting the stars and such. Yeah. Okay. Describe a time a clever plan of theirs nearly failed. I think that they invited a wanted criminal onto the vessel. Um, this person was an intellectual, but they held power in people. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that this captain encouraged Bryn to try and dazzle this individual with their powers to, I guess, to, to try and earn their, their trust. Mm -hmm. um, but 
I think Bryn got carried away. Um, and had to like be reined in. Mm -hmm. So you're the reason why this plan almost failed. Yeah. Okay. Then the second question, what gives away that they were maybe having too much fun on a hunt? I think what gave away that they're having too much fun on a hunt is that Bryn sailed with this person for 15 years hunting bounties. And I think Bryn started to get to, to start to have too much fun. Bryn started to like the violence. Bryn started to enjoy the hunt, the chase. Bryn started to view these criminals as lesser people. Mm -hmm. And I think there was a time when the captain ordered Bryn to use her powers to, to destroy an entire enemy vessel. Mm -hmm. And I think that as she did this, she saw how she saw how her obedience and her her readiness and her excitedness to 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 follow these orders got a smile out of this bounty hunter, mm -hmm. and Bryn could see that they were fully pleased. And for a second, Bryn took a moment to assess her own perspective mm -hmm. and her own enjoyment, and reevaluate who she'd become. Okay. I think what gave it away was that Bryn realized she was having fun doing something horrible. Okay. So you can answer one of the ship questions if you would like. Or actually, hold on. I'm sorry. We should uh, do an event from one of the tables. That's on me. Uh, so choose something from either Sea and Sword or Ashes and Blood. I think your captain successfully tricked their enemies into a clever laid trap. I think that we had a bounty against a group of pirates. <laughs> um, and we had captured the member we had needed and we were making our escape. And the captain had instructed me to use, to, to, to rearrange the stars to distort the course for the other ship. And I think that because of that, it led to the other vessel going off course and off chart and allowing us to outmaneuver them and allowing us to um, eventually like hunt them down instead. And it turned the tides by, by, by changing their sense of direction. Mm -hmm. And I think the title this captain got, I think they got the title of, I think... I think they began to call him the Wolf of the Puzzled Sky. Okay. Interesting. Very cool, very cool, very cool. Uh, awesome. Uh, do you want to answer one of the ship questions? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Across the sea are ports in every shape, size, and standing. Why does some feel like home more than others? I think the answer to that question is that some ports don't have memories attached to them. Some ports... Bryn doesn't have to remember the past. And those feel like home. Places where she isn't burdened with the thoughts of what has happened. Okay. Change something uh, about the ship, if you would like. Something that, uh, from the event uh, that has happened, or just in general, something that the um, 
that this new captain has changed about this ship to uh, fit his devices or just something that he thought would be nice to add or change. Can I change a trait and something they added? Yeah, yeah, whatever you would like. I need this person out of the crow's nest for Bryn. The additional crow's nest that we see that can house Bryn's room is what was added by this captain. <laughs> I think that the traits of this ship, I go from being adaptable, armed, and magical to being armed, magical, and resilient. Okay, very cool. All right, with that change being made, it's time for, well, time. How long is it between uh, captains? This last captain and what we can only imagine to be Captain Hano. I think it's a decade. All right, well, if it is a decade, you know what that means. It's time for us to rest.
And with that, you will choose from the table as instructed. Get a little Song and Sorrows or Rotten Polish action. I'll be choosing from Songs and Sorrows. Oh, okay, okay. A terrible storm catches you by surprise and forces you to find shelter. What is it about the storm that scares you? I think Bryn sees as he's on this ship and the fuchsia figure stands beside her and dozens of teal faces and bodies have the ship watches as the universe that had been around her before, a dark, dark cloud rolls in, rumbling with thunder and lightning, and it blots out everything else. All that Bryn can see is the ship. The wheel stops being responsive. What scares Bryn about the storm is that she doesn't have control of the ship anymore. The ship won't listen to her. Her body won't listen to her. It won't move. All of the other people aboard abandon ship and take dinghies to try and get to the nearest island. Bryn is left there alone, forced to find shelter. And to pass the time, Bryn watches as this fuchsia figure walks down to the medical bay, picks up a black vial with, with the same starry liquid inside, somehow untouched for all these years. And she walks up onto the deck and just like before, paints the sigil on the sail and paints it on the crow's nest and sits and closes her eyes. And with that, our game is done. Oh, wow. Very fun. Very good. Very. Yeah. Mm, look at that. We. Brent's been through some stuff. <laughs> to say, yes, a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit of stuff. You know, not that much. Just like a. Just like a little something. A little. A little. Mm, little oh, a little. Oh. Just a little. A little ooh, panache. A little. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what that <laughs> was. But yeah. No. Um, yeah, that's this Bryn's little story. Yeah, no, I, uh, uh, God, this was a good game. Uh, I really like this a lot. Uh, I, yeah, no, I, I think our, our little hack here also was very good. I think, you know, we could polish this up. We might, yo, yo, who knows? Maybe we'll, well put we, it out. We might throw it out there. Yeah, who knows? You want to play a game? You want to play, play a little game? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank you all so much for listening to another episode of Tales Yet Told, Whispers in the yeah. Sea. Uh, this has been dope. Yeah, thank you guys so much. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed making it. Yeah. Like, I hope that you like my little fucked up ghost child a little bit more and you understand <laughs> a little bit more about why they are the way they are. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. Well... Thank you all so much for listening. This has been a wonderful time. As always, we are so, so, so excited to be able to tell this story and be able to share it with you. Um, yeah, Marcy, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, BurgerKing.net. Damn. Is that even the Burger King website? They use .net? 
I hope so. You hope so? Really like, King dot like net. I'm putting users. it in right now. BurgerKing.net. It's loading. It's loading. It's loading. It's taking its time. Uh, BurgerKing.net forwards you to BK.com forward slash BK Global. Yeah, I I was there before they got the dot com. Mm, okay, yeah, yeah, whatever. They they bought it, the royalties. It's fucked up. Well, uh, since that one's not working, where else can people find you on the internet? BurgerKing.com under the Whopper tab. <laughs> All right, if that's where you want to leave it. Yeah. Okay. That's where I live. That's where I reside. I crawl in there at night. Okay. Uh, awesome. Well, uh, thank you everybody so much for listening. Don't forget to go uh, follow uh, Tales Yet Told on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Tales Yet Told. It's where we leave all of our information about when episodes are coming out. We like sharing information with you. You can learn stuff about our uh, our, our actual play live stream Prayers in the, in the Static, which is finally coming back baby for 2023 it's gonna be so good it's gonna be good it's gonna be great it's gonna be glamorous and you can be there with us and i hope that you will be uh and don't forget to also uh leave a leave a rate a rating and a review depending on where you're listening to this you can do both of those things it takes five seconds you're already listening to it right now just use the same podcatcher that you're listening to this to leave a rating or a review it helps us so much to be able to know how you feel about the show and well it also gives us stuff to be able to share with other people and say hey these people like the show maybe you will too yeah i saw i saw you rate raid shadow legends to get that legendary hero yeah you can rate the podcast. You can okay? rate the podcast. Come on. What are you doing? Playing Raid Shadow Legends, apparently. Playing Raid Shadow Legends. Raid Shadow Legends. Uh, sponsor us, please. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can also follow me, Kendrick, Kendo, whichever you prefer, uh, on uh, everywhere on the internet, at Kendo Makes Films. Because that's who I am, baby. I'm Kendo. I don't make that many films anymore, oh, yeah. but I used to. Oh, we're making films of the words. We're making uh, we're making uh, 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 podcast films. Yeah, pod- yeah, yeah. That vocal cinema, baby. That vocal cinema, baby. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. It's midnight. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, don't forget to go out, eat enough food, drink enough water, get enough sleep, and take care of yourself because healthcare is very important, especially in the year of 2023 and all years to come. But don't forget to love yourself like we love you. Bye. I love you. Love Goodbye. you. Give you a little mm-hmm. mwah.
proud member of the Rainbow Roll Network. Rainbow Roll. Our, our stories, our voices. voices.